Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally not what I'm here understand. about. I'm here to celebrate you and everything that you do and who you are. Cause you know what? I've been a fan from step one, but I gotta be honest. I don't really know your origin story, even you know, or should have thought <laughs> I really want to hear like what happened, who you are, where you came from, what's the poetry deal and everything. Cause I know you're on the West coast and, uh, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. 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 I'm in Washington now. It looks like I'll be staying here for a bit. Okay. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or an okay thing? It's an okay thing, I guess. Okay. We'll see. You know, that's how, you know how life is. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Like what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. So, Seriously, though, it's kind of uh, serendipitous that we're here together tonight because we had such an incredible, like, femme forward conversation. I know mm -hmm. that's one of your, like, big topics, your POV, your, your thing that you want to get out across. So, like, let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about your powerful voice. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, well, I guess it originally just kind of started as, like, what would I want to hear when I'm writing about these difficult situations that, you know, I'm writing about? Um, to be honest with you, I didn't plan on doing anything with my poetry. It was going to the grave. It was never going to happen. Because um, it was my yes. only, it was something that was just mine. And I was so overprotective of it. That is true. I get mm -hmm. that. I get that. It's yours. Why? tarnish it by giving anybody access to it dirtying it up and it's kind of like i made this for me and it's all about me and i get that i do get that oh wow but i mean yeah. i'm happy that it came out though i am too like it's it, the direction that it's been going has been amazing something i never thought would really happen um and it all started because of the pandemic where virtual open mics started happening because i was I was like, there's no way I would ever do an open mic, ever, you know, <laughs> ever. And so uh, there was an open mic that I was doing to be a judge, um, like a slam poetry thing with a poet named Pretty Simple Cat. And that's kind of how I started to meet everybody. And then um, so then I started gradually just posting more and more poems. And then I started doing the DM reads first. Because I always wanted to be someone behind the scenes. I've never wanted, to, I don't like being front and center. I don't. <laughs> and yeah, so, so so then I graduated. I just gradually started doing open mics because it's like, like, what do I have to lose type thing? And so I was welcomed with, you know, big open arms, which I'm so grateful for. And it kind of just, it was a challenge. It challenged me to, I am an outspoken in person just more so in my personal life like not with my poetry and stuff so it's like now right now I'm trying to integrate both of those basically and um instead of showing one side of me I'm trying to show all the sides of me well which is many because I'm a Gemini <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot <laughs> um so yeah and it all kind of started because um I used to write short stories oh. in elementary school yeah and when I, I started doing the poetry because I was getting writer's block. So it was just like, to me, it was a bunch of like just random thoughts that I just wrote down. 
and stuff like that. It would be like unorganized because I'm also dyslexic. So I'll have like the body part of it in the middle of like some random piece of paper. And then I would have like little bubbles of like where I wanted to put certain sentences but couldn't figure out mm -hmm. where. And so I just thought like, oh, like this isn't going to become anything. I'm dyslexic. This looks crazy. Then I'm finding out from other writers are doing the exact same thing. And I'm like, what? So that also motivates me to continue like sharing my story and do like interviews like this too. And then um, I showed it to someone, I think it was my dad's friend, because she said she did poetry. And I begged her not to tell my dad. I was like, please don't tell my dad, please don't tell my dad. And uh, she was like, this is poetry. And I was like, no, nah, like you're kind of just blowing smoke up my ass basically. She was like, no, this really is poetry. And I think I was like 12 or 13. Oh, wow. That's yeah, pretty so, incredible because mm -hmm. you're probably really were like smacked over the head with no, you're making that up. Yeah, no, it really was. Yeah, because like I always like if the way I internalized it for myself was that my poetry didn't sound like other people's poetry, so it wasn't really poetry, it was just random thoughts in my head. Mm -hmm. And then now doing these open mics with everyone and seeing everybody's different styles, and it's like, oh, like you know, that inner critic really like slows you down that fear really stops you from doing things because like everybody has their own style their own way of doing things and that's the beautiful thing about poetry art in general you know but you know with social media we kind of forget about that a little bit because mm -hmm. if we're not seeing the numbers then it's no, it's no good right 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 that's how it feels so, sometimes yeah. but I'll say this I think the true artists and the poets they go past it because again it's it's not about that at times, you know, even though it's hard to, because it is a social media, this is, to me, Instagram is totally like a commercial ad space. And we're just trying to find our way to have conversations in between all the freaking ads that I'm getting all the time. You know what I mean? It's hard because mm -hmm. you're not seeing people. So when we are connecting on these open mics, people are hearing other people's words. And there is a community that I believe is growing that is renaissance of back in 2019 where, you know, Andy talks about, but your experience with Origin of Thought with your show on Wednesdays, let's talk about that. Like, how did that come about? Like, were you so excited? Like, were you nervous? Cause I, I never, listen, I'm 41 and it was just this year that I started doing the virtual thing and the live thing. So like, I'm so incredibly proud that you're already speaking your mind, you know? <laughs> Um, so it, I have to actually, I really have to thank Just Star for that one. Oh, she's I, incredible. She's amazing. And so I hopped on her, I think I hopped on her open mic and I loved her, but it was a different vibe than any other open mic that I really saw, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh yeah, like I feel safe doing this open mic over here. Like she's doing it every Wednesday. I'm going to do it. And every time I would hop off, she's like, no, no, you stay. You, where are you going? You stay, spit another piece, spit another piece. Um, so I had asked her, like, how did she go about getting on a bigger platform? Uh, because I was in the process of trying to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do kind of a little bit of both. So I could not just, because I was interviewing my friends. So I wanted to be able to interview other poets as well, not just, like, talk about the same stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so she reached out to Valerie for me. And um, she, Valerie asked me to do, like, a co-hosting thing first. And so I did, and then she offered me a spot, which I'm really grateful for. Um, and so I didn't do it this past week because of my situation, but next mm. Wednesday I'm going to do it. So, yeah. yeah. I'm glad that you'll be back, though, because 
you've had some pretty incredible conversations. Like I said, I, I had to pull over on the side of the road to participate because it was so freaking good. You know what I mean? You're doing an incredible yeah. job with that. Thank you. That's, <laughs> that's my hope and my goal. Like, um, cause I don't know, like I've always been raised to be outspoken, but I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to talk about the things that I'm talking about now. Um, Okay. Because my parents didn't want me to bring more attention to myself for being a black woman, for being black and then a black woman on top of that, and uh, because of their own experiences. And, you know, especially during the pandemic, how everything mm -hmm. was like heightened and stuff like that. Um, and I was kind of unspoken, I was outspoken about it with my friends, and I got backlash from that. And then I was unspoken, I was outspoken about my job with it. So I'm like, it's the pandemic, you're definitely not going to fire me now. <laughs> and I just I didn't care but I was like uh what is it um it wasn't projecting it was just like there was no filter it was just coming out just coming out just coming out like because it was just so much that was happening and that I was feeling and then I would try to write it into poetry and then you know it was this whole thing so so then I took a step back from that because like the whole like, like BLM and everything that was happening with black people. That's all I saw. And I needed a minute yeah. I needed to breathe. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a bummer that Andy's not here because he always really talks about that pandemic as a pivotal moment, not just for him, but the United States. I mean, obviously the global perspective, but Absolutely. That was a time where we were all on pause, so we couldn't deny the truth any longer because it was so in your face, even though it was been in a lot of people's face for a long fucking time. So it really wasn't anything new. It was just that people couldn't turn away anymore. People couldn't ignore it anymore. People couldn't say, nah, that doesn't exist because, you know, I don't exist. I don't experience yeah. that or that's not what so-and-so, you know, so Again, that's, this is stuff that's been happening for a long fucking time. So the fact that that moment was there, of course, there's going to be this opening that came through. And I'm so excited that that was such a moment for you. Kind of pissed that Andy's not here because he really brings that up. And he feels like that is a pivotal moment for him as well. Well, that's good. Like, the thing that really, like, broke me, like, I avoided at all costs not to watch that George Floyd video. Mm -hmm. I've seen a thousand of them. And yeah. so... Uh, my dad, he's whenever I come home from work, he was always watching the news. He's handicapped. I was his caretaker, so that's all he does all day. Mm -hmm. And he was watching it, and I was standing behind him, and I was trying to, he wanted me to open the window or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, like, what was he, like, 61 at that point? I've never seen that man cry. And I look over, and I see, like, a tear falling down his face, and I was like, what the hell? And yeah. so... They had it on re replay, so I just stood there. I was like, fine. I'm I threw my hands up. I was like, I'm just going to watch it. And then I saw, and my dad was just like, I can't believe this is still happening. I can't believe this is still happening. And I just like, and so like, even though I have my own personal anger, right? Mm -hmm. So I just lit a fire in me because this man was born in 1958 and he had it way worse than I did. And he still has to see this. So that's kind of where I was just like, F it. Like, I'm just going to. I'm going to say it to everyone. Everyone's going to know how I feel. If I lose friends, that's fine. Um, you know, because another thing that I'll say is when you're working, when a Black person is working in America, basically, no matter what the job is, there is, like, a mask that we have to wear. Because no, no matter what we say, like, just talking to you like this right now, 
I would be called aggressive and angry just by having a general conversation. So that's why I was like, whatever, like I can just be polite all that I want to and I'm still going to be called aggressive and angry. They gave me a, what is it? They, they, they surprised me. Instead of being aggressive and angry, I was condescending. Which is in the same vein, which is definitely yeah. in that same vein of a negative connotation when you're just at talking completely fine and not aggressive, not condescending. You were just talking. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly. very, I'm so grateful that you were able to speak on this. And I want you to be able to speak more on, on these kind of topics right now. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, and then seeing the reaction from people who I thought were my friends, like I had a close friend. She told me, what did she say to me? Well, my other black friends don't talk about it. So I don't see why you know, it's such a big, big deal for you. And I was like, well, they shouldn't be talking about it. I shouldn't be talking about it. You should be talking about it. She wasn't black. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I just, I think that kind of even started with the poetry more because I'm like, well, I not only do I want to like promote my poetry, I want to show other black women that they don't have to be put in a box. They can be outspoken, you know? And if I got to get heat for that, I'll take the heat. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll take the heat and you guys, and they do it the way that they want to do it, however they want to do it. Um, excuse me. Because I don't, I just felt tired. And I was tired of being outspoken in certain spaces. You know, I was tired of hiding certain parts of myself. And I, it made me miserable. And I was tired also, like, because I don't have the best relationship with my dad. Like, mm -hmm. trying to appease him because he thought I should be a certain type of Black woman, you know, and I part of it, I get it was because of my safety, because mm -hmm. like, you know, the result for us isn't that great. But the other part of it was just like, he, my dad loves black women, but there's a loophole. He likes exotic black women. So he, you know, he wanted me to be kind of like the prim and pop proper black woman. Like he, he dates Jamaicans and Ethiopians. I'm half Ethiopian. You know, so there, he still loves black women, mm -hmm. but it's not like other black women, right? So he just has this vision of me trying to be like this sweet, nice girl. And I'm like, do you not know who you are, Johnny Turner? <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? His mom was outspoken. The sister who raised me, who I call my mom, is outspoken. Like cussing us out on a daily basis was her love, love language. Yeah. So I'm like, what? <laughs> you thought I was just gonna be like okay dad yeah sure like really <laughs> so, wow that's so. kind of fascinating um I had the oh, gosh I just lost what I wanted to ask with this um you know what let's go into some poetry real quick and then I can get my thoughts back together because um it really was about your voice and I just lost it um so let's get into some poetry real quick and because again, I'm so excited. If you're just joining us, we are featuring Bonita at Bonita Poetry. She's incredible. And she's really coming to her own because again, absolutely, you should be who you are. There is nothing wrong with who you are, mm -hmm. period. You are incredible. You are perfect as is. So, and again, this is a person who didn't even ever want to share. Oh, that's that, I remember now. Um, did you ever show your father your poetry? That did I ever go into that, or because again, I would never show my parents, even now, still. I hope I hope they never see it. You know. So, have you been able to showcase that side at all yet, or or is that still a layer you keep? I did because I started posting it online, mm -hmm. and I have 
a 17-year-old sister, and she was following me online, so I wanted to kind of, like, beat her to it, um, and so I, I, I shared a couple of them, not too many of them, um, because you probably would have thought I needed to go on a psych ward or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She shared some things. I'm pretty sure she has, because it's always a competition with her and I, mm -hmm. um, and she, she does writing as well. Like, she wants to be a director and stuff like that, oh, so... I'm pretty sure she's comparing herself with my stuff so my dad can be like, she's better, which is fine, <laughs> totally fine. Um, but like, in detail about like a lot of my poetry, no. And then like, people kind of ask like, are you gonna go back to writing stories? And I'm like, yeah, I'm writing a couple. I just, you know, it's not, it's not there right now. So I'm just gonna stick to this for now. So yeah, it will come when it's time, but um now let's hear some poetry because i think a lot of us are familiar with your incredible work but i just want to get everybody a taste in case they are new to you or they're watching the replay and they are new to you because you are a powerhouse and i'm so incredibly grateful that you have shared your voice with us and you're international baby because you know you have connected with so many people across the globe so your voice Thank is you. important so i'm so excited what are we going to hear first tonight all right, so I'll go with Proclamation Emancipation. I think that kind of shows all the sides of my poetry and stuff. So start off with a bang. We'll do that one. Um, so this one is going to be Proclamation Emancipation Part 1. <clears throat> While you were watching me, I was also watching you, all of you. While you were taking my kindness for weakness, while you were taking advantage of me, I was taking notes. And I have, I've seen a lot and I have a lot to say. To the men who followed me home from school, from elementary to high school, I see why you needed to make up for the small package between your legs, having to overcompensate for the fact that you don't have many, many brain cells. But that's zero excuse to become a predator and to terrorize little girls old enough to be your daughter or granddaughter. You disgust me. You are the definition of scum. To the men who sexually assaulted me, I wouldn't even spit on you if you were on fire. When your day comes, say hello to my spirit guides and ancestors while they toy with you like you did with me before they hand you off to, off to the devil, your twin, while you burn in hell for eternity. To the lovely females I have encountered, young and old, as I say this with sarcasm, fuck you. Fuck you for projecting your insecurities, your jealousy, your hate onto me, especially to the one who tried to sell me to a child sex trafficking ring. Fuck you to the ones who befriended me while praying for my downfall. Should've used those prayers for yourself, sweetheart, because now karma is at your door. Some of you are dead and gone, and even as a writer, I can never write, create a death scene so gruesome. And for the ones alive and well, heard you got babies on the way, I would never wish ill will to any child, but unfortunately, karma doesn't work out that way. Speaking of children and karma, to my parents, for Jonathan Turner, for Sinait Grimai, you two are a bunch of fools. Look at your life now, both handicapped and mad at the world, with no one to help you. You two thought your sins had been erased when I came around, making yourself believe that I was your reward instead of seeing the lesson, not taking advantage of your second chance. You both continued all of your lies and crimes. You were abused and became the abuser, hurting me, abusing me, made your delusional asses think you had power. And look at you now. You can't even control your own bowels. Gotta wear a diaper and call on someone to wipe your own ass. So sad, so pathetic. But 
Thank you for showing me what not to do, who not to be. I share your DNA, but I am so grateful and thankful to be everything you couldn't, someone you wish to be, but lack the knowledge and comprehension because you were too busy inflicting your pain onto me, onto your other children. To the rest of my family, blame me all you want. You and I know who you really are, a bunch of cowards and drug addicts. Hey, Michael, have you overdosed yet? Spread your lies all you want. God and your mother know and see everything from up above. To my lover, hey, baby, I hope you enjoyed my time and attention. I know my pussy left a permanent mark. I really should share your DMs you send to me to your wives, but I'm sure they feel the same as I do because the sex is never that good. I'm sure they're faking their orgasms like I used to. I should be angry, but I would want someone like me around too. I really don't understand how you call yourself men. Lastly, to society, the Karens, the Coons, pigs, fuck you and your white fragility. For the minorities desperate for the white man's acceptance, I'm sure your ancestors are ashamed. You can kill a revolutionary, but you can never kill the revolution. I remember what you did to Fred Hampton, to the Black Panthers, MLK, Malcolm X. Go out like Bill O'Neill because, because that's the only way you'll be saved, unless the white man hangs you first. What you didn't account for, the people you killed, the free thinkers, had babies. And we're all grown up now. We do not plan on doing things in a peaceful way. Hope y'all ready. Things are boiling like a pressure cooker, and I'm not talking about global warming. I'm not the only one who took notes. Be ready for the 400 years of wrath and fury we're coming for your so-called army to be continued. Oh my God. Wow. I mean, I have to tell you some of the things that people put in the chat as far as some of like the spirit guides and ancestor line was really powerful. Um, people were just going really crazy because you just, again, you just have a force with your voice. You just are not afraid to say things. Can you talk about that because that is very raw and emotional you're saying some really intense things in this and it it doesn't come off as scattered it comes off as very very planned controlled and meaningful and as you continue throughout the entire thing it unfolds even more and more and more and more and more as if you're pulling layer upon layer upon layer upon layer and we're seeing more from you so can you speak on that and the poem or just doing that in general? Both. Um, honestly, like doing poetry, like it's the only time my brain makes sense. Like the only time. And I get it. I get that. I get that. Sorry. That was, that, that just tickled my yeah, brain because no, no, no. I understood everything so much. Like, yeah, that's the only time it makes fucking sense sometimes. Yeah. yeah All the time. Tunnel vision, like nothing else exists. Um, nothing else matters. There's been times where I had to pull over on the side of the road because I'm like, oh, wait, wait, like, because it just flows in my head like that. And I'm like, I got to get this because I'm going to lose it, you know, because I'm going to get distracted by something. And the, 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 like, I would say, like, what I would say basically with, you know, kind of gradually turn, like, writing about different things, because mine was more, like, depression and mental health and stuff, mm -hmm. is, like, stick to your vision. I'm so glad that I did, even though there's so many times I'm like, no, nah, I'm just, I'm gonna delete this one, I'm gonna do this, and then, you know, that other part of me is like, well, what do you have to lose? Like, what do you have to, just either post it or keep it in your archives, like, do whatever you want. And, and um, you know, 
eventually I was like, I'm tired of writing about the same thing. Like I, there's more to life than this. Mm-hmm. And I love like exploring or, you know, doing something different when I feel like I don't like feeling stuck. I will go crazy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I turn into the, uh, what is it? The Tasmanian devil or whatever. Like I go insane. Yeah. Um, which is why I don't want the whole kids thing. Cause I just know how I am. Like I can't, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then I kind of like, and then shadow work, um, that helps too. So like, if there's something that I'm constantly writing about, I ask myself like, so why are you writing about this like same thing? Like, what is it that you're trying to say that mm-hmm. you're not saying? So I say it to myself and then I say it out loud, you know, to try to like, you know, dive into it. And if I really don't have an answer, then I just kind of leave it alone. Mm. And I'll write like piece like poems about it like I'll write probably three or four or something like that and then if I'm just like mm, there's something missing I don't know what it is and um then I'll write that final piece you know and I'm just like boom bam that's exactly what I'm trying to say and what I've noticed about myself which I barely notice about myself I go by feeling I don't go by thinking so I have to feel everything first and if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't feel great, then I don't want to do it. I might, like, be curious and be like, well, let's see what this is about. You know what I mean? But I'll have, like, one foot in the door and then one foot out if it doesn't completely, like, make me feel some type of way. Like, you know, like, when you hear an, an amazing song for the first time or when you have that first shot of whiskey after a long day. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, if it doesn't feel like that to me, then I'm not going to do it or we're just going to put it on pause for now. Mm-hmm. Until it feels right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So trusting, like I said, sticking to your vision, trusting your instincts. Um, this is a quote that I've been saying a lot, uh, which really has helped me even till this day. My inner critic is not my guide. My inner critic is not my guide. Mm-hmm. That is that is really important. That's very hard. But like, how, how are you able to keep that vision? My inner critic is not my guide. That's uh, tough. How do you do um, that? So like, I'll ask myself, like, let's say, let's say for a poem, like, oh, I don't, I don't think I should post this, but why? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know if everybody's going to like it. Well, we don't care if everyone's going to like it. Um, what if it doesn't get the response that I want? doesn't matter because you don't want, you don't want everyone to respond to it. You only want certain people to respond to it, you know? Um, so I'm just like, oh, okay. So basically every, every excuse that I'm coming up with is not a valid excuse for me. So I'm just going to post it or or let's say I want to try something new, which is something I love doing, but then I try to talk myself out of it and it's like, okay, but this is something you've been wanting to do for a really long time. Why don't you want to do it? Well, um, I don't think it's the right time. Well, why isn't it the right time? What else do you have going on? Like, what are you doing? Nothing. Like you want to watch TV? You can kind of do that tomorrow. You want to listen to music? You can listen to music on the way. Mm So it's kind of like, that's like kind of the process. And then, so basically, like, if my brain and, like, my heart or, like, my body isn't matching up, then, you know, just, like, hold on. Let's, let's self-examine. Let's self-reflect. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's figure out why. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I have major anxiety, but thanks to meditation and shadow work and saying all those affirmations, like, I can kind of calm myself down a little bit. But if I start to feel like there's, there's like, bugs crawling through my skin and stuff like that, then that's like me like not focusing on the right things and I'm just doing instead of actually like paying attention. So I take a step back and I'm just like, well, wait, wait, you know, like, what are we doing here? Um, 
because you know that's what I used to do I'd be like oh we can deal with it later we can deal with it later and then all of a sudden it came crashing down I'm like wait what like what I thought what is what's going on and people do the smallest thing I'm sorry, like, I, it's, I'm having that moment again where I'm hearing the things I need to hear. You're here right now because that is definitely my MO to just, it will resolve itself when it resolves itself. Uh, I'll just keep swimming along, keep yep. treading water. I'll get it through. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, over the can, <laughs> you know, over the waterfall. And you're you're all the way to going down the deep end and everything. Yeah. You're like, wait. I thought we were handling this. I'm it's really like, good at just throwing it in the back of my mind so far back. It's like you can't even see it because, yeah, I get so hyper-focused on the day to day to day to day. Mm -hmm. So, oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> but so so that yeah. transition really helped you. So you said that the meditation and the shadow work and these kinds of things are really what um, helped you kind of manage this and mm -hmm. continue to work towards your goal. Yes. Of just being this, well, I'm, I'm saying it's a goal of being this motherfucking powerhouse out here with a real fucking voice. So I'm a, I'm a huge fucking fan and I'm hearing everything you're saying tonight. I mean, your words are not on deaf ears. I'm actually Thank learning you. a lot from you tonight. So I Thank you. get into another piece because I want to get at least maybe one, two more pieces um, from you before we have to head over to, um, the after party with uh, Rainier at Origin of uh, Thought, you know, your little home club, you know, because you're on at Wednesdays at 9 p.m., right? 9 p.m. on Wednesdays? Yes, 9 p.m. on Wednesdays. Eastern Standard Time. Sorry, friends, because she's international. She has international clientele. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. No, you're fine. Thank you. I'm just, I, I'm so, like, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. You know, it's just that the response is always what I, what I always wanted. I just, you know, that critic is like, it'll never happen, you know? So it's, it's nice to hear. Like, I, I don't take you for granted whatsoever. I don't. Yeah. I, I hear you because again, I really give Andy all the credit in the world because he's the one that saw something in me and plucked me out of my comfort zone. And for you to say, just star is really the one that kind of helped open the door to like, yeah, why not you? Mm -hmm. Like, of course you, I'll get you in, you know, cause just star, she's incredible. Also she's again, international, what did I say? <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me. So again, um, if you are just joining us, I mentioned earlier, like on your show, you have real hardcore conversations that come up and it's not just about this is my life or this is a personal experience. It's on a global, it's on a social, it's on a real important scale. So again, it's cause you're able to facilitate that dialogue because people want to talk about it. You open the door and you really have a real strong POV where you're not going to let somebody railroad or take it down the wrong direction. And yeah. you're always incredibly kind to at people who even make mistakes, you know, because I, I remember ringing, I was just starring you and we had somebody come in and through and you, you were able to try to explain it in a very polite way, but still confident, clear and strong. So back to you though, back to you. What are we going to hear now? Oh, okay, let's see. Hmm. I had something lined up. Hold on one second. I am going to do um da -da 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 -da, a mental health piece for you know people who well for everyone actually i'm gonna do one 
one about my mom okay. because she's the main she's like the main reason why I'm even to speak up and say the things that I want to say so I feel like I should honor her a little bit okay wonderful of course um so this one actually I'm so sorry hold on this is not the one morning plus dance uh, where did it go? Sweetie, and your son, and bright. And... No, that's not it. Okay, so I'll just do this one. I'll do it's called um, Sherry and Moore, like the Stevie Wonder song. Uh, that was her favorite song. So let's see. Yeah, this this is actually kind of this kind of came about from one of the meditations that I did, and I felt like she did help me kind of like guide me to kind of get there she's no longer here but so yeah so it's called sherry more my head is broken this fucked up society broke it wide open too much ugliness too much trauma too much drama cries for help to deaf ears i'm done can't take it but then i hear a beat i feel a flutter i follow it i come across the closed door open it I hear someone say, I open the door, I see all the dreams I used to dream before, all the things I used to love, all the things I used to cherish, thinking to myself, when did I stop dreaming? When did I stop feeling? Then a young girl walks up to me. She looks just like me. She calls herself Young Mimi. She takes me by the hand, showing me all the things that were there, that were always there in my heart and soul, telling me, there's so much more to life. There's so much more in this world that the eyes cannot see. Just feel, don't think. Young Mimi says to me. That's a short piece. Wow, that's incredible. So again, uh, that's in honor of your mother, who is it's mm -hmm. kind of named after that Stevie Wonder song. And mm -hmm. and you said that came from like a one of your meditation pieces. How did how? So it's just kind of like you heard the voice come through your ear and then it yeah. just came through or what was the feeling you had during that moment? Um, so like with my, like with my meditations, I've seen a couple signs from like her, like, mm -hmm. and, and like throughout like the days and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, okay, like whatever. Um, but then it kind of like, so I'll meditate. I'll be sitting there for a second, just trying to breathe. I'll do either a guided meditation or music or whatever the case may be. And then, so my nickname is Mimi. And that's what my family calls me. And so like, I'll hear someone saying like, Mimi, Mimi, Mimi. And that's how my mom would be like, to like nag me all the time and stuff like that. And so I'll be like, no, no, this isn't it. And so, like, she will be like, stop thinking about it. Like, stop thinking this isn't it. Just because your brain can't see it doesn't mm -hmm. mean it's not actually happening. Like, what do you actually, kind of like the whole, the inner critic is not my guy thing. What is, like, what do you feel inside? And I'm like, okay, like, I kind of feel like you're here, I think. Mm -hmm. And she's like, stop fighting it. Like, stop resisting it. You know, like, yeah. I'm here. We're here. Like, a, unfortunately, a lot of people in my family have passed mm -hmm. on. Um, so, and then, you know, kind of like, I remember one time after my dad just had his stroke, me and my 
my other aunt, his sister, we were sitting outside. She was not here. And um, we were sitting around like, what would she do in this moment? I don't know what to do. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be like a caretaker for the rest of my life. And right. she always said, she always said if she passed away, she wanted to be reincarnated as a bird, a hummingbird. And a hummingbird literally flew up right in front of us while we were eating our food. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and so I looked at my aunt, I'm like, you saw that, right? And she was like, yes. She was like, she's here. I told you she's here. So little things like that. But now thanks to the meditation, I will say in the shadow work has um, given me, give me a little more guidance and shown me a little bit more signs and kind of like gave me a little bit more clarity and, you know, kind of explanation as to why certain things have happened, like her passing, because she was the glue for all of us, um, was because we needed to see that the cycle was continuing. More kids are being born into our family and we're not learning our lessons. Like, of like we're continuing this generational curse. And like me, because I'm like, oh, I want to break it from my sister because we're 16 years apart. And so she's like, it was continuing, you know, like it needed to stop. Um, we were just, do- we were just surviving. We weren't actually living and stuff like that. And, um, you know, my dad, he was like, kind of like the one left to like guide all of us, but he was miserable. So like, we were like getting that too. And we were just so like lost and confused. And so she was just like, wake up. You need to wake up. Like, you guys are, like, messing up. And for a long time, I was like, why me? Like, go talk. You have a son. You have another son. You have a brother. Like, why do I have to do this? And she was like, there's a reason for it. You need to pay attention. Um, Because, like, your dad's not paying attention anymore. Because he was actually kind of, like, more spiritual than I was. Mm. And he believed in signs and everything like that. And so, yeah. So that's kind of how it started. I started paying attention more. I stopped resisting it. I stopped fighting it. And I'm so glad I did um, because it's like she's here all over again, just not in a physical sense. I, in the way that you've described it, I completely get the understanding of what you're describing. Mm-hmm. And especially with uh, birds in general, I know they're very connected to the spiritual. You know, like a lot of times they say birds come through when you're thinking of people that have passed. So the fact that it was so specific to that bird at that time, it feels so meaningful to me listening to you talk about that. So the fact that I think you are carrying her with you with your voice and your message and I'm so, again, I'm just such a fan of yours. I'm so excited. Again, if you are just joining us, we are getting close to, not quite the end, but towards the end of our feature of this incredible Bonita poetry. You can always check her out across all of the IG platform, but of course, Wednesdays at nine o'clock PM EST on her show on Origin of Thought, where again, she really provides an opportunity for people to share and really talk about these things that are not just personal to them, but connecting to all of us. Mm-hmm. So what's like kind of next for you down the pipeline? Like, I know you're kind of like, maybe you, I mean, I'm not trying to force you into this stuff because you got stuff going on right now. Um, as far as like, you have your show, you have your art, you have, you know, whatever you're doing on top of everything else, but what's like mm-hmm. your future goal that you would like to maybe put into next as you continue to evolve in this? Um, I have two poetry books that I want to put out. Um, one 
one's already done. I sent it over. I have to, well, I have to send a couple pages, and it has to be edited. And mm-hmm. then um, the other one is, which is like the first one is more so about like my relationship with my dad and how much that affected me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is kind of like just all the things I wish I would have said, like past and present time yeah. thing. Um, and so. And then I have two novels that I'm working on. As a writer, everybody knows that's going to be a whole nother process. So we're not <laughs> but doing the short my, story. We're doing the whole story thing all down yes, here. I love the it. The whole story one. Um, so I, I, wanna, I would love to be able to create a platform to showcase other people, like other artists, other poets. I would love to do, um, what is it? It's not, it's not an open mic. It's more of like a showcase. I've seen it in LA where I used to live, where you have like someone who does like cover songs and then their own songs. And then there's like vendors who sell their own beer, their own food, their own mm-hmm. jewelry. And um, I used to work at an art store back in California. I know a lot of artists. So I want to create a space where people can showcase their talent, you know, and feel comfortable in that space. Cause you know, I don't tolerate any BS. Yeah. You know, you I sure don't. I love say, it. Hey, you gotta mm-hmm. go. You gotta go. You gotta go. I love it. Um, but I also wanted. So it is. What I would want it is limited. I want to like. I don't want too many people. I don't want it oversaturated. I feel like you lose the feeling. You lose the vibe. It's gotta be intimate. Um, yeah, I definitely want it intimate. I want everybody to be able to showcase their work, be able to network with each other, to be inspired. I constantly looking for insp- uh, inspiration and new ways of doing things. So that would definitely be my goal. Like, I would love to make a name for myself, but not to just make a name for myself, just to network and be able to create a bigger platform so other people can come on and, you know, showcase their talent and their work, whether they have 10 followers or 1,500,000 or whatever, um, and just do their own thing and not feel judged. You're exactly what like a lot of us are trying to do out here, building the bridges so people can cross through. But so like you're the keystone in that, you know, you really want to provide that access. And it sounds like you like me, you want to break that fourth wall down where it is a connection between here we are and where we are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because that's really where I'm trying to do with the, you know, traveling to the open mics. And, you know, we have that uh, open mic in uh, Jersey on 1020, which is a little bit after uh, the I'll be chasing poetry. I'll be going to that one too. So I'll be having some open mic fun in October. But like, it's so important that there are people like you out there because you are more than just yourself. You really are part of the mission. That's that's mm-hmm. and it's 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 empowering to know that there are people like you out there that are part of the mission. And that's why we want to highlight you and your words tonight. I want to, I want to hear another piece because you do such a great job trying to highlight other people. We got to highlight you tonight. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what I got. Let's see what I got. So let's see. Um, I will do. Okay, so I will do Heavenly Helix. This was actually, this was a writing prompt from D.L. White author, Danny. This was his writing prompt, uh, I don't know, a couple, few months back. Um, 
So it's Heavenly Helix. <clears throat> you are most commonly told to watch out for your enemies, to watch out for backstabbers. You are also told that blood is thicker than water. Never turn your back on family. Are those statements still true when someone in your family backstabs you or becomes your enemy? Are those statements still true when your entire family backstabs you and becomes the enemy you never expected? Let me guess. I'm supposed to forgive them, right? Because they're family? I disagree. It's hard to forgive the sexual assault as a child, then later gaslit to think it was all in my head. It's hard to forgive the drunken nights my father would burst into my room while I was asleep, demanding I do everything he says with a smile on my face while threatening to put me out on the streets if I dared to complain. It's hard to forgive my mother and my uncle leaving me at home by myself or with their fellow drug addicts, drug addict friends in our apartment with no food or electricity at six years old. It's hard to forgive because of the love my mother had for crack cocaine caused me to end up in the system for five years, bouncing around from one shitty foster home to the next. Forgive me if I sound angry. Forgive me, forgive me for my resentment. It's kind of hard not to be when you can still feel the many knives from all of the adults in my life, the people who were supposed to protect me, slowly twisting and turning in my back while I now, as an adult, take them out one by one, lick my wounds and heal. So I don't inflict my wounds and pain onto innocent people like they've done to me. Again, again, I mean, how do you do it? How do you really go to that level? You know what I mean? Where where do you find that inner at strength? I mean, I know you mentioned throughout this hour a lot of it, but like seriously, to really say those things, how does how do you do that? How do you really say it that way? I think ironically enough, I think it's because my dad gave me a very big ego. Me and my sister. We did, our egos couldn't be bigger than his, but he gave us a very we had to be better than everybody else anything that we do we had to be better than everybody else and if we practice it we had to practice it 10 times harder so i think that's where the switch kind of comes in the cockiness kind of comes in a mm -hmm. little bit too and so like i have that inner uh, confidence and so i'm just like yeah i'm gonna write whatever i want to write like what are you gonna say about it what are you gonna do about it i dare you type thing so and that's just like what 34 years of like just pumping up my ego um you, you know and I had a lot of humbling experiences where you know like I am not the best of it at everything and better than everyone which I'm grateful for as well because yeah I because even my friends now when I tell like a lot of my friends they didn't know my living experience they didn't know how it was and when I tell them they're like we would never known you have like such a confidence of you about you. Like we had no clue. And I was just like, you know, well, I just kept everything. I internalized everything. And then also too, like I was raised not to ever talk about my problems or say anything. Um, and then I also didn't want to go back to foster care on top of that. Mm -hmm. um, my aunt who raised me, who lived next door, she didn't even know. Cause she, until like later when I, he did kick me out and I had to live with her mm -hmm. and she did not know the extent of how bad it was and she's like why didn't you say anything i was like i did not want to go back to foster care 
like again, you you say, and it's like the truth, and that's what I'm saying. You're not afraid of it because it has made you who you are and that strength, that that powerhouse. You know, I know you say there's multiple sides to you, but you really showcase this side pretty clear here. And um, if you are just joining us, we are getting towards the end of our hour. We could go at least three more because this uh, amazing poet, this amazing person needs definitely more than just an hour to honor all of that she's done for us here in the community and even just for yourself. Because again, to be only 34, you know, and already be at where you are now, so outspoken and, and powerful, um, it's impressive. And that's what I'm saying. I'm so grateful to have you on tonight to hear from you, to learn from you, because I needed to hear some of your stuff tonight. And I appreciate you because I came at your DM really quickly. Like, I might have to cancel this yep. minute, but I, I couldn't do it. Again, Andy's like, why can't you? And I said, well, okay, I'll go on because I could not miss this tonight with Thank you. you. So on Wednesday, this upcoming show, do you, do you have anything planned, anything, or you're just ready for it to go as, as it normally goes? I, it, it's going to go normally, especially right now, since I'm kind of in between places. Mm -hmm. I actually do want to have a co-host. So like, you know, kind of pay it forward how just started for me. Yeah. Um, if, you know, people are comfortable with it and stuff like that. And, um, you know, maybe eventually I, do, I definitely do want to do something that has to do with music because music really inspires a lot of my pieces too oh, oh yeah so i kind of want to do a theme of like music or something or at least like or try to start it off like this is these are the songs that i was listening to when i was when i broke this piece or something like that in some kind of way because you know if we play music instagram's gonna kick us out <laughs> 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 so I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a loophole through that. Um, and you know, everybody loves music. Music is poetry, especially hip hop. I'm a huge hip hop person. Um, a tribe called Quest. That's how I got my Instagram name, Benita Poetry with Benita Applebaum. Um, Tupac is my favorite. I've talked about him a lot. I relate to how a lot of his lyrics, because he's kind of all over the place, mm -hmm. but you know, has a lot to say. Um, Kendrick Lamar. You know, there's all the Cali rappers. Those are my people's, because I'm from Cali, like LA. I and I was I born in LA, but I've lived most of my life in Ohio. But I was born in LA, man. I was born there. My my other my I have two other sisters. They're in Ohio. One's in Cleveland. That's and Columbus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll look. I'll figure. I'll listen for them. I'll listen for them. And you if, know, you I'm not, if you think I'm outspoken, those two. Oh my gosh. They have <laughs> me, they have me beat. Like my sister, a guy called her a bitch, and she like waited for everybody to like calm down yeah and she walked over to behind him and took his chair and yanked it so he can fall in front of the whole entire class and i was like that's great i'm proud of you just to have the uh, you know just to wait you know that's that was the the creme de la creme the thought of all thoughts yeah. you know to wait yeah. not react you waited Ooh, mm -hmm. that's that's that you gotta express yeah you gotta respect that you know i mean I, Gotta respect that a little bit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're all like that, you know. Um, they, you know, they have newer ways of doing it. Now that I'm older, I'm a little bit calmer now. But yeah, all I have two on my birth mom's side, and then I have one on my dad's side. And her and I are like literally like twins. Mm -hmm. uh, our birthdays are actually two weeks apart. Uh -huh. 
which I was not, I wasn't happy with at first, but you know, she's cool. I kind of like her. She's not too bad. Um, but yeah, so, so like we can fight with each other, but if anyone, including our dad, if they try to fight with us, mm -hmm. um, we're not ha having it. We go for the jugular. Like, I think, um, my dad said something to her and then he was like, can you plug some, he wears all black all the time. And he's like, can you plug something in, like, take this napkin away so, like, something doesn't catch on fire? And mm -hmm. I was like, at least you'll match your outfit. <laughs> and he's like, oh my did you just hear what you said to me? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, um, you know, I'm really kind of intrigued by that whole entire music connection, like, that, the concept of that program would be very alluring to a lot of us because again yeah music definitely sets that feeling that tone i mean a commercial could get me to cry because it's really mm -hmm. the music that's behind it you know I, I i will cry so easily because of that that and you can't even understand that it's really there because it's underneath all the dialogue but it's there and music yeah. really does feed you and if fuels you at times as well so mm -hmm. i definitely think you're onto something especially so many people in the chat were like yeah 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 okay so i love it Yay. so we are almost done because i definitely don't want to keep rainier rating but we have a few more minutes so i want to say i guess i want to ask andy's last question that he loves to ask all of our guests and that is after all of this after everything is said and done what is kind of the message or voice that you really or whatever it is that you want to leave behind in this? What is that you hope that people, when they think of you, this is what they really get from you? When they think of me, um, I guess to just being outspoken, uh, surprised and outspoken. Because uh, um, I know a lot of times people think like I'm innocent or something. I don't, I don't understand that, but you know, and then they get surprised when I open my mouth. <laughs> um, so I guess like surprise and outspoken, that's what I would want people to remember me. And then hopefully that will motivate someone else to do the same thing. And again, especially women, um, all races and stuff like that, but it's of course black women as well. Um, because you know, at home, we're told, yeah, be outspoken at home. But when you go outside to the real world, just, you know, be quiet, be on mute. Don't bring any attention to yourself. And so I kind of want to be like, yeah, F that. Go ahead and show attention to yourself. As you should, as you should. Because like I said before, you are perfect as is. And there is nothing wrong with you. And uh, again, that is so important that you are doing that because that is still something I think that is with a lot of our youngsters that are part of that. They are afraid to be outspoken or they're afraid they're going to get misinterpreted. I mean, it's unfortunate just by laughing and, and having a good time, you could be interpreted as being malicious or doing something wrong just because of something that is ingrained within the brain that we will not understand why we yeah. cannot let this go. So, and then cancel culture, all that stuff. Yeah. But I am so excited that you are part of this and you are the keystone. And I think you've made it comfortable for a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds to feel like they can come and sit here and be a part of the conversation without 
trying to mismanage their part of the conversation, mm -hmm. but there is a great balance of listening. And then you have a great way of drawing out conversation that is powerful and going towards a positive resolve. So again, thank I thank you so much for everything. I'm so glad this didn't accidentally get axed for tonight because it was so important for me. I, I cannot thank you enough. Please check out her show on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. EST on Origin of Thought. It, it is incredible. Like I said, I was driving home to Cleveland from uh, when I went to Cleveland, <laughs> and I pulled over and I stood on the I stood on there for like at least twenty minutes because it was that fucking good. And I appreciate you. I love you, and thank you to everybody who came, participated, watching it now or on the replay. And uh, thank you, everybody. And uh, well, let's go over to Original Thought, everybody. See you there. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Oh my gosh! Please, no. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs>